Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Amen. Amen. Maybe you can pop the scripture up in 1 Corinthians 2 and we'll start there. I feel like we're stepping into something new and I call that stepping into the new. And I think you can say to yourselves, I'm stepping into the new. I'm, that's what I'm doing, and I'm not afraid. So here we have it in the Amplified Bible. See, because I want to share something with you about the Holy Spirit, because I think this really helped me. When I first came back here, I, um, was, I wasn't afraid, but I had a mindset of what to expect. And we're in a year, 2019, of nine, many nines. Holy Spirit has nine gifts, nine fruits. You know, there are a lot of things this year that I don't know what you're pregnant with, what you're expecting to happen this year, but I'm expecting something new to happen. God's not doing it the same way that he did it before. So here it says, Our eyes haven't seen, our ears haven't heard, and which have not entered the heart of man. It hasn't come into you yet what God wants to do all that God has prepared for those who love him and who hold him in affectionate reverence who obey him obedience is a real big deal with God obedience is a big thing in the realm of the spirit you must be obedient to your heart okay none of us know when it's time to go back to heaven or to heaven for the first time all we know is we're here for a reason to fit into a plan and it's really important that obedience plays a big part in what we do each day so we don't know what god has prepared but we do know that he has made a plan. We also know that satan has a plan. And I realized something the other day that i don't i don't pre plan at the beginning of the year what we're going to film every month. It just kind of comes to me. I pray and I ask god, what do you want me to do? And he said go and film at the outside the royal marsden. I thought, well i don't know much about the royal marsden other than it's known for cancer research. He said, yeah, but what about my spirit? I have I have many things planned in research for those who believe, for those who obey. And we don't know. All I know is there's a potential to unlock within Christians. You know what you've been born for. You know what you've been gifted with from heaven. It may not fit into what you're doing right now. Sometimes it feels like things don't fit because you feel like, you know, I'm bigger than this. I'm much bigger than this, and I'm, I'm made to fit. But, you know, meantime, God is preparing you. So when we talk about learn leadership, we talk about preparation for a purpose. You know, when we talk about envision, we talk about you having a place every few months to develop your gifting because maybe Sunday morning isn't the right place. Maybe you just need to start. But the, but the most important thing is that you overcome fear, fear of the future. And so the first decision I think you make is God is in charge. God has a plan. I'm going to obey that plan day by day. And as I, as I obey it day by day, I'm going to flow in it. So can we have a word of prayer and just commit our hearts to him? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you.
You have a plan, a plan for good. And I thank you as your presence overshadowed us there outside the hospital there in Chelsea on such a busy afternoon. I thank you. I thank you that you have a plan for each one of our lives. And we command the doors of destiny to open wide. In Jesus' name, even though it may be a sacrifice, we command the doors to open. We ask you, Holy Spirit, you're a helper, you're a partner. Help us. Help us to go into this new place, to step into this new it's our time. We know it's time. We're not waiting for tomorrow or next week or next month. We're planning to step into this new season. We know we're in it. We kind of feel it. We know something major is about to happen. But day by day, we thank you that we open our hearts up today. We open our hearts up today to be used by you. So we say thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. We're not here to maneuver ourselves into a career position. It's not about that. It's about God. It's about eternity. Actually, it was quite interesting because after we left the Royal Marsden the other day, we went down the King's Road because I'm also doing some filming for the book. And, you know, the King's Road used to be a place in the 60s where you'd go down and you'd meet people. In fact, we'd Debbie and I was like, Debbie, is that you? And you were riding your bike. It was so great to see you. And I, to me, I was like, that's what we should have filmed. You know, that would be good. But anyway, you know, you have a plan and whatever. So what do I want to say? It's about being spontaneous to the moment. But um, we went down the King's Road, and a girl walked past me with a grey sweatshirt on, and she said, it said right across the front of it, it said, Eternal. I thought, oh, that is so great. That is so great. Do you see yourself as an eternal being? Because what you're doing has effect seed upon seed, grace upon grace, glory to glory. When God began to reveal to me that I was doing emails first, I don't know, about six months ago, then I stopped. But you know, sometimes it just takes that right chemistry, that right moment for you to understand. And like Rod said, we've been watching Robert Morris. He's a great leader, you know, and we've been learning. And it's important that you understand, are you ready for prosperity? So I was over here thinking about the scripture a lot, about the Holy Spirit's help. Actually, in verse 10, it says, Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels, the things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. Now, when I first came back here and I came into a situation, it wasn't the situation I wanted to be in. I knew what God wanted for me, and I knew it would take a breakthrough and a miracle breakthrough. And and it had to happen. So it wasn't any good me looking around in the natural because natural didn't in any way match up with what I had in my heart. So pray because, you know, old Slewfoot comes in and he brings misunderstanding, a lot of misunderstanding. And he does. I always remember Cindy telling me years, or she told Rod and I years and years ago, she believes that there's a stronghold working next to your gifting. 
And that stronghold is not the Lord. Okay, so only you can pray about that. But I'm asking you, please pray for God to show you, for the Holy Spirit to show you what is the stronghold next to your gifting? What is the weakness? What is the fear thing? Because many times we expect that, and the thing we greatly fear comes upon us. And that starts building around us. And that's not the way God's planned it. God wants the Holy Spirit to help you. He searches all things diligently. How do we flow in the Holy Spirit? We pray in tongues. And when I first came back, I used to just pray in tongues and pray in tongues and pray in tongues. And people used to sort of laugh at me almost because it was like, oh, yeah, it's that girl that prays in tongues. Because you have to understand something. In 1983, nobody much prayed in tongues. Now it's kind of common practice. Lots of people pray in tongues. Lots of believers move into the supernatural realm and pray in tongues. I don't know how much you pray in tongues every day. It's not my my job to critique you okay God's called me to help you but I'm saying as you pray in tongues even sitting there right now praying in tongues shifts the atmosphere it shifts things it shifts your faith you build up yourself Jude 20 says build up yourself praying in the Holy Spirit higher and higher build yourself up so sometimes I have to build myself up. The other day I was around somewhere in Westminster, kind of obvious where I was. But anyway, I thought, there's no faith anywhere. And I said to somebody I pray with, there's just no faith here. We've got to start speaking faith. And we had to almost start punching the atmosphere. There was no faith. And I thought, well, God help. You know, so he said, well, I've given you the faith. He's given you the faith. He's given you the faith. He's given you faith to do what you need to do to build up. Faith is given to you to build up a measure. It's given to all of us. So you say, well, I haven't done much with mine. Well, do something. Do something with it. Change where you live. Change. Change your circumstances. I, I was praying... Anyway, I don't think I'm supposed to say too much about that. But we're going to move on this year is all I know. We're moving on. We're not moving back. We're moving on. We might go back to some places we've been before where we have experienced great success. But God's doing something new. And that's wonderful. So verse 10 says, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed. Ask God's Holy Spirit to help you unveil and reveal what? God's plan. What's God's plan? Maybe you're not even supposed to live in London. Or maybe you are. And if you are, what are you supposed to do? How do you help the kingdom of heaven? You're an eternal being. I thought, gosh, we should have the, those on T-shirts and sweatshirts, eternal. And I said to Chris, I said, gosh, you know, isn't that great? That really ministered to me. I wanted to go and talk to because only somebody who believes in life beyond would understand being eternal. Being eternal means you understand God is with you today. God is, God is there. He's with me if I go out to, to uh, Chelsea. He's with me if I go out to Great Portland Street. He's with me. I can actually change what's going on if I just stop and stand and say, God, come and help me. Come and help me. 
come and help. Yeah, see, it just shifts. It's it's not like something, whoa. It's just not weird. It's just it just shifts, and we just thank God for the anointing the Holy Spirit brings to help us. It's not up here. It's down here. It's deep down. The Holy Spirit goes down to the bottom of it all. Let let the Holy Spirit go down to the very bottom. Let him go down. There's so many things one could share, but you're not permitted to. I love, I love reading about Paul because he always spoke about heaven in a way that makes it real, but he didn't speak about it much. There's not a lot we know. Sometimes, how many of you have ever been to heaven? You've been taken up by the Lord. Good. So you know. Okay, good. So going to heaven changes you, right? I look forward to talking to you more because I've been to heaven and it just changed me. It transformed me. It was 1978 at the end of August and I was just suddenly turned around, looked up and I went to another place. Angels came and surrounded me and said, look up, look up, look up. And I thought, what do you mean look up, look up? So I obeyed. That's why I said obedience is really important. I'm not looking for a team of people to help me fulfill the vision that God's given as part of his plan. I'm looking for a team of people who add to what I can't do. I can't do it all. I can't make all things happen. God shows me what he wants to do. Right, So he, I'm not looking for yes people either, but I'm looking for that obedience to heaven. And that's what's happening in the church. We're looking for people who can say, you know, God's, it's really on my heart to evangelize. Okay, good. Well, how are we going to do this and go before God? So anyway, God has unveiled and revealed what? His plans to us through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything. He does, he, he looks at everything. He looks down at people's hearts and he goes, you know what? This person has got a hard heart and is never going to obey. Is never going to, so I'm just going to move them out of the, and you, you think, well, gosh, Lord, that's unbelievable. But that's what God does. God can be quite ruthless when he starts moving. He's wonderful. He's compassionate. He's everything we sung about this morning. But he's also ruthless because he knows what is the best. And when you're going to step into your future, you're going to step out of the boat. So I've been looking at loads of scriptures um, but it started there. But I want you to look over to Matthew 14 for a minute. I don't know this very well, but it just came to me when the Lord was walking on the water. And there was a storm, and if you look back, he came by the boat out to sea in verse 24 of Matthew 14. And it says... It says that he came, from, they were already, they were away from the land. They were beaten and tossed by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch being three, to, this is three o'clock in the morning. How many of you get up and wake up at three o'clock in the morning and think, oh no, Lord. I mean, I, I begged God to wake me up morning by morning and he did. And I used to say, it's too cold. I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. And the mornings that I went down, God began to talk to me in that watch. But here Jesus came to them in verse 25, walking on the sea. Okay. And when the disciples saw him, what they were terrified. 
Why were they terrified? Because it kind of jarred their logic. Okay? It must be a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. They were frightened. It must be a ghost. You know, Jesus could walk right through that door. And we're like, oh my gosh. We could be terrified. You know? I know when I went to heaven and stood next to Jesus, I was terrified because it was so good. There was so much goodness coming off him. Looking into his eyes, I fell into the bottomless. They're just bottomless with love. You know, and I wasn't ready for that goodness. I wanted to go and process it. So, so in my heart, I kept thinking to myself, I can't take any more. I can't take any more. Be ready this year. Get expectant for goodness. Don't expect the worst, expect the best. You know, I was kind of, even as a child, I thought about hospitals. My dad always used to say, oh, we don't go anywhere near hospitals, you know. And I thought, the other day I was thinking about it, and I thought, well, that's stupid, that's fear. There's nothing about walking up and down a hospital corridor, even though it can be really long and it can be a bit of a sacrifice, but whatever, you know. When you walk down a hospital corridor, believe God is with you there. Don't be frightened. So they were frightened of Jesus. The They were his disciples. You know what a disciple is. Somebody being trained. Somebody being mentored. But they were terrified. Verse 26. It's got to be a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, Hey, take courage. I am. Stop being afraid. Today, we would say stop being anxious. Stop being stressed. People get really stressed out. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. This is where a lot of us are at. Is it really you? And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. I want to say something about this time of our life, about stepping into the new, okay? I want to tell you, just ask Jesus to come. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. The other day I was asking him, what do you, want, what do you really want me to do? I know there's some things as far as a prophetic prayer, worship school. I understand all of that chosen, I thought was going to sort of get. It's all part of a plan. Okay. And God said, and I felt like I saw myself dying and leaving the earth. And what legacy would I leave? I know that I know that I know that God didn't. When I said, don't you have anything for my life? And he put me with that job with Brian Epstein, the Beatles. You have to understand, in 1966, 67, you know, it was the height of it all. The 60s and the 70s. Some of you might remember it. Some of you, your children are learning about it at school. You know, why did the Beatles come? What, then why did the Rolling Stones come? Well, you can't say one's from God and one's from the devil. That's too judgmental. You can't do that. You know, you can think it and know it. That doesn't mean you have to say it. So I just want to talk about um, this stepping out of the boat. You can't step out of your boat in fear, okay? If it means you, somebody else helps you and gives you the framework of what to do, that's fine. Nobody's going to knock that. We all think that's fine, don't we? 
I know I've had great people in my life teaching me about the anointing. But I noticed the other day, it was really powerful watching actually you guys out at Jubilee. And I was thinking about when I used to go to Jubilee on my own in the first, in the beginning, it's about the anointing. And, you know, you stepped out in the anointing. See, there's an anointing that abides in you. And the Holy Spirit will show you, like Gosha was talking this morning about coming to help us. You know, you're a great help and you're a great girl. I never think about, like sometimes when you ask me, I think, oh, just make your own decision, you know. And I, and I kind of say that, it's your decision, right? But sometimes I do have a different perspective because you have a different level of faith. If you have faith to be a nation changer... You will allow the Holy Spirit to help you. So it only happens when you get alone. Okay? It's seriously, it won't happen necessarily. Things happen, things are good things happen, but when you get alone is when it really comes to you. When I totally leave Rod alone in the front, when he leaves me alone in the back of the house, that's when things happen, when I'm alone. When you're alone with God, when you're alone in the Word. Actually, turn with me to Psalm 119. I love this. I found this the other morning. Psalm 119, verse 133. It says, establish my steps and direct them by means of your word. Huh? That's so great. God's always taught me about the anointing. And I learn to watch, you know, the anointing shifted when David was playing and ministering at the congregation at Jubilee. Then you asked, I think it was Diana, came up and started playing. She carries a different anointing. Okay? So when, when we knew that a church was going to come in our midst, it's because we carry an anointing to make decrees. Because we look at, we look at the London as the city, don't, like big London. I just look at it like another city. You look at the nation differently. Some people don't look at a whole nation. They just look at their own life. Don't look at your own life. Pray for the nation that God's brought you to. Pray for the city that God's bringing you to. Maybe it does mean a sacrifice of giving something up you love dearly. Maybe it doesn't. We don't all know the future. But let the word... Let the word lead you. Okay, the entrance of the word is light. And I put down uh, for this session, for this month, you know, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Can we look at it in the Message Bible for a minute? I'm going to read it from up here. I know I'm kind of jumping around all over the place, but I want the highlighting of the word is really important. But what's really important too is the spirit with the word. Okay, it's no good just having the word, the word, the word. It's no good getting worded out. It's like being addicted to something. So go with me to uh, Isaiah fifty-four seventeen in the Message Bible. Can you pop that up? Sorry. I feel it, I feel a new excitement from God. I don't know about you. Yeah, I know. You know, some things we're never going to understand here. Not everybody's going to understand what you've experienced or who you are in God. Sometimes it's going to take time. 
The things that are revealed to us belong to us and God. So here, this was something that God took me to the other day. But no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. That was actually the title. It says, any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. This is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. This was God's decree. Okay. No weapon that is ever forged against you. And I thought, you know, I don't really believe that. No weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. I think there are things I know, I think it's First Chronicles 69, <clears throat> that um, a great door of effectual service is opened unto you. I was shocked. I just went to work in 1967 for Brian Epstein thinking... It was just another job. It was just another job to me. But actually, everywhere my friends were outside listening to the Beatles songs, changing the whole world, I know in my heart that a song can change the world. I know that happy song came out about two years ago. There's, there's just a relationship that me and God have that he, he answers. You have the same relationship with him, but you have your own relationship. He answers. You know what you want to do. You know. You know it's impossible to buy a theater. You know it's like impossible. But God can do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. You don't know how he's going to do it. Just one day you're going to pray a prayer and it's going to touch him. There's some prayers that I pray that just seem to just, I just pray. Sometimes you pray for prayers and you want people to know you prayed. But there are other times when I'm alone, I'm just alone with God and I want him to answer. And so when I read this the other day in the Message Bible, I was like, I don't know if I believe that no weapon formed against me can hurt me. There's never been anything. Because I've had lots of things hurt me. People. I've had things happen that I didn't think were going to happen. You have too. You didn't think your life was going to turn out this way. But, oh, the Holy Spirit knows. He's such a comforter. He's so good. He's so good. So I, I just want to say, I just feel like I want to encourage you today to not look at someone's gifting. God gives us things at the right time, but look at what you're doing. And don't be afraid. You know, do what God said to do. I always remember when Lou Engel had asked Cindy, he'd gone to some, well, I won't say who, but he'd gone to this major voice in LA who's a church leader and said you know I think God's called me to gather 400,000 young people in Washington and the guy said to Lou I don't think that's God because it'd be Labor Day weekend and Labor Day Monday wouldn't be a good day and so he kept so Luke rang up Cindy and said Cindy you know because she hears from God and she'll prophesy and Cindy said, hey, the guy's name, what did God tell you to do? You know, what has God told you to do? At the end of the day, what has God said to do? Do it. God clearly said to Rod, teach believers, strengthen believers. Okay? God's got others. He said, reach out. 
Reach out to the world. You know, I've been praying for you, Deb, and I know the church world isn't big enough to, to embrace what you carry, the sound you carry. I said to you the other day, why don't you just sing up King's Road? You know, but you have to overcome fear. That's me saying it. That's, I'm not saying I'm Jesus. You're, Jesus has to be the one to say, come, get out the boat. He cannot be a ghost. You have to know what Jesus has called you to do. Play that flute. When you play the flute, you don't just play the flute. You play it unto the Lord. And you know that spirits are bowing down and clearing out. We are in this process of clearing out what's been going on over London. You know what? You spirits no longer have any power. You no longer have any power. You will not hurt us. Nothing. The scripture, nothing forged against us can ever hurt us. Nothing. Been through that, been there, done that. I was thinking when we had the strategic prayer school, you know, I read or saw on the news a guy had, had, had been, had died, had had a heart attack and had slumped over on the tube and gone around the circle line. And the next day I said to the prayer school and the intercessors, please get on the central line and go around it and pray in tongues and clean it. So when I heard you'd gone out and had an amazing time in the train, I was like, yes. Yes, because God knows. See, we are here. If, if we come into a building, we come into a place, we own it in God. God is here. He's here with us right now. He just wants to be honored, which Rod was teaching us last week with our money. I was, I was reading Psalm 1 the other day, and I was thinking about it. It's so important to walk in godly counsel. Let's just go over to Psalm 1 for a minute, because it will kind of help you. I, I know it, but quoting the word, I want you to look and read it. It says you're blessed and happy and fortunate and prosperous and enviable, because you walk in the counsel of the godly, not the ungodly. And I, I get a lot of counsel from different people. And I have to go and ask God, what do you think about that? But then it comes down here to verse 3, and it says, You're like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade and wither. Everything you do shall prosper and come to maturity. So, you know, the other day in Parliament when the guy walked through with the blind dog and I said to Jean, oh, I saw a blind dog in Parliament today. You know, it may not mean anything to you, but he had always been shown blind guide dogs. I call them blind dogs, but they're not blind, they're guide dogs. <laughs> okay, but you know what I mean, right? Anyway, so he's walking along. So this one came walking right towards me and I thought, oh. So when God said to me, if you'll be faithful at the political gate, I'll move you to the media gate. I moved to the media gate out in the barn thinking, well, we'll establish it. Where is the media gate? It's everywhere. It's on your phone. You name it. But no, God wants the church now to come out and be revealed. And the other day I was dreaming, woke up from this dream, and I saw this big, kind of like these archways, two gold gates. One was the political gate and one was the media gate. And I thought, who can make those? That was the stage to me. See, what I'm trying to spit out is God has a plan. Satan has a plan. 
God made you to fulfill his plan. It's perfectly okay to copy somebody else who's gone on before you. It's perfectly okay to do that. But God wants you to be you. And he's given you the faith, and you can do it. You can do it. See, it's amazing to watch Deborah sing. She can sing. She can lead us into victory. You didn't used to. You need encouragement and confidence. But Jesus isn't a ghost in our lives. But he's very supernatural. And there's some things that you can't speak about because they're another realm. But you can go to that other realm if you get alone with the Holy Spirit and you let him search your heart. The bottomless things beyond human scrutiny. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the heart. But if you, if you are afraid that what you're going to do is not going to prosper, and I, you have it, I have it, we all have it around us, people who don't have the faith or have small faith, have a little bit of faith. You know, I shouldn't say don't have any faith, but they have a little bit of faith. So anyway, I just I wanted to share that with you. Um, Rod was talking about the Great White Throne, and we were talk- We had a good conversation last night. I felt like sometimes we're so busy, we don't have time to talk to each other. We just pray a lot and talk to God. But we had a good conversation last night. And you were mentioning about hell being absolute darkness, and I said, no, it's worse than that. It's absolute nothing. It's going, you don't, want, you don't want your worst enemy to go to hell. I tend to be quite serious because I carry a burden of heaven and hell. And I don't necessarily agree with just grinning, it being joyful. But I'm not against it. I'm just saying you can't just walk around being hee, 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 ha, ha, ha. Hell is very real. And if you don't allow God to move in your heart and your family won't, you know, I'm sorry. They're not obeying God, and that's why obedience is so important. It's why it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I have had family members and friend members, and I've had people go, and I know they've gone there, and I I don't want that. You don't want to live in total darkness. You know, put your hands over your eyes and act like you can't see anything. It's worse than that. It's a torment. It's a terrible torment of not knowing what's going to happen next. Not knowing what bad thing is going to come next and have a go at you, hurt you. You know, getting into a place where we, let's just shift from there because it's hard. You know, I've only known how to put it in the book, and it's really a testimony book for people now as a blessing. But I was born um, in 1945, and, and my parents in those years wanted a boy. So I was going to be, David was going to be my name. <laughs> so I was like, I was born Julie Vernon, my dad's name. But I was going to be David Vernon. But your identity in God is really important. This is a time. We're in a season. We talk about the Hebraic season and we move into it. You know, like I said, I was brought up to fear hospitals and doctors. So for me, even going there the other day and standing in front and doing 
the scriptures from the Holy Spirit, I suddenly felt the presence of God come down. I suddenly felt, when you feel that, ask God, if you're not a sensitive spirit, ask God to make you sensitive. It's not a competition. It's not an I'm better than you thing. It's a ask God to make you sensitive to him and to what your future is and why he's planned you. And do you actually really believe deep down no weapon forged against you will prosper? It won't hurt you. I mean, I'm just being honest. I didn't really deep down... I thought, well, how can that be? Because I'm not in heaven, I'm in the earth, and the earth has grief and pain. But when we leave church this morning and we go home and we think about tomorrow morning and we think about the rest of the week, you know, do we sing and rejoice and sing hallelujah in our storms? Or do we think, oh, my God, here comes Jesus, he's a ghost, (laughs) you know? He's not a ghost. He's very real. He's very real. He's really with us. We don't know it all. We think we do, maybe, but we don't. But we don't. And the more we learn, the more we learn. Our brain brain does grow, grain. Our brain can grow. Your faith can grow. Okay? So we want to give you opportunities. Things are changing this year with this church, with this particular part of the body. We're part of a huge family in heaven and a huge family in the earth. But we have to remember, we are stepping out of our boat. But I'm not telling you to just step out of your boat and start walking on the water. We watched the shack the other night, and the guy was running across the water. And I thought, you know, that was kind of interesting, the way they put him and... You've all got these, the way they put him uh, in the prayer thought. Just start meditating on, I'm going to put God first, because he is first. Whether you like it or not, he is. There's nobody else. And I I'm, spend a lot of time around people who don't put God first. And so it's not easy to tell somebody, you know, to put God first if they don't. But Isaiah 54 is really powerful. No weapon formed against you will prosper. So you think about it. It's not that God wants you to come off cocky and clever. But he is. He's outside of time. He's outside of thoughts. You say, how can that be? Isaiah 55, my thoughts are higher. Because he's just not, you know, when I'm in certain places, I think differently. When you're in certain places, situations you think differently going back into the hospital the other day with you it was kind of interesting because they all look sorry for themselves it's incredible you know but God thinks differently because he's living in a higher realm so it's important to go to him say what do you think about this and he said to me the other day what do you really want to do and I said what I really want to do is I really want to see the music in the sanctuary become popular in the street I really want to see that so when I heard Nate go into that this morning I was like come on come on you did great you know because really the whole world kind of looks at the church and I don't know how People are looking at us because we're not a recognized church as such. But it's time for us to just step out.
But you, we can only encourage you to get alone this week. Pray in tongues. Okay, do the things that you know to do with your money. You want to have more money? Just give it to him. Don't worry about it. You know, just do what you need to do. Give it to him first. All right? Just step into the new. Okay. So basically that's what I've got for you this month, that God's been talking to me. I have to overcome fear. I have to overcome it. I don't know what your fears are. Um, yeah, it's fine if you want to come up again and just sing and worship. Because we're not a church that's like, okay, we have to do three songs and then do this. We're a church that is already quite free. Okay? Compared to Poland, compared to some churches here, high churches. Um, you know, it's just, it's just so powerful. There's so much to say. But I just feel like we're in a time of such deep preparation. This is Purim as well, you know. So the Holy Spirit will help you. He will go. When I first came back here to England on September the 15th, 1983, I knew I couldn't do what I needed to do because people get jealous, people get provoked. People don't like the glory of God. People don't like to understand the different realms of the Spirit. However much you humble yourself, it will never be enough. None of us are Jesus. None of us have suffered under blood. All right? So as we worship God now, you can sit down or stand up, do whatever. Just stop being afraid of being up here or being you don't have the money to do. Don't be logic. God will work with your logic, but it doesn't seem logical. To, sometimes I think, God, you're taking way too long. You're taking far too long. Shouldn't you have done this years ago? He's like, he knows, because it's a heartfelt thing. So can you just stir up what's on the inside of you? And just thank God you're not going to complain. You know, you're going to do all the things that you're being taught here with your money, with your prayer life, with your worship. And nothing can ever be forged against you that can hurt you. What actually hurts you? Sometimes we feel kind of, oh, I don't know if I should step over the line there. And I, you, know, you, you want to do something, but you think it's going to upset someone else. That's not God. God wants you all healed. He is here right now. Whether we think it, whether we know it, whether we understand it, you know, he is here. And the world understands love. The world understands when we go out in situations. The world understands your loving, faithful, the goodness of God. Come on, let's just say thank you to him. Let's lift up our heads. Thank you, God, for placing me here. Thank you, Father. I will not be afraid. Sing something. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. 
For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.